Golden Spiral Media presents The Devil You Know, a Constantine podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Devil You Know, a Constantine podcast. I'm Tony Caselli. And I'm Joe Zettelmeyer. And we are your hosts for this evening's discussion of the NBC show, Constantine. This was the second episode. The Darkness Beneath. The Darkness Beneath. I can't do it as well as you did. Uh, I'm actually part devil on my father's side. Oh, I've met your dad. Yeah. And so right now uh, we are going to discuss this episode that aired on Halloween, October 31st, 2014. Mm -hmm. Dun, dun, dun. It was fun. It was fun. It uh, had some things in it that I liked better than the pilot episode. Yes. It had some things in it I did not like as much as the pilot episode. I agree. So we'll see. Now that they're hopefully starting to get their feet under them a little more, it's only the second episode. And that's the thing. That's the. There's been a lot of, I've, you know, as I always do, I read reviews and, you know, I try to dig up as much dirt on the internet as I can about the show. And a lot of people right off the bat are going, well, I guess it's going to be a demon a week episode thing. (laughs) My response to that is slow down. We are two episodes in. Yeah, let's wait and see. We don't know what the show is going to be yet. I would also argue uh, that the devil, demon, monster, alien a week thing is not inherently a bad thing. No, 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 not at all. Because I think you can take that... We've seen so many good examples of it. Right. You take that and you blend that with the overarching mythology of the show. Exactly. What's your big bad of the season going to be? And it lets us kind of get a toehold into the world. You know, I remember how much we like X-Files and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Sleepy Hollow. They have all done the Monster a Week thing. Absolutely. Every single one of them mm-hmm. have done it. It's not a matter of the convention being bad. It's a matter of how well do you use it. And yeah, and two episodes in, it's a little hard to tell. I agree. That being said, I liked some of this week and some of this week that convention bugged me. Sure. But let's, before we get into too much more Sorry about that, guys. Let's launch, let's do the news, Joe. The news. Dun, 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 dun. So this week, we've only got a little bit of news to discuss. Really, what, what we brought up was the ratings, Yep. which it was on Halloween. So the ratings were lower than they were the first week. Absolutely. Uh, not by a huge amount. And they're still not good bad. They're, they're still not terrible. You right. know, they're, they're, they're hanging in there. Yeah. No, but it wasn't as good as it was. We'll see. Again, Friday night's always a low you know, you're not yeah. going to get a show on Friday nights that's doing 12 million people watching it. Right. Uh, that's not going to happen. But especially because this was Halloween Friday. Right. Let's see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Right. Halloween parties happen. Going to see scary movies on Friday happen. Yeah, there's a lot of things in the way. The Great Pumpkin. And one of the things that's been proven out recently, we all know, everybody listening to this probably knows, that... With as much time shifting as we can do now with our television watching, so much DVR, yep. so much watching on Hulu and iTunes later, you know, that kind of stuff. I am definitely part of the I'll get to it when I get to a generation. Yeah, I watch it the next day all the time now. Yep. 
And that's just the way it is. So we'll see what the overall, you know, the, the whatever it's called, the day of plus three or something like that. How many sure. people watch it within three days? We'll see if those numbers come out, but uh, a little lower than the first week. Uh, and we'll see. Hopefully that will reverse and start going back up as the episodes keep coming and keep getting better. Agreed. The only other thing I can think of is that we brought Angelica Saleya into the show full time this week. Hooray! Which was nice. We like Zed. And not to talk too much spoilery stuff, but next week we get Papa Midnight. Papa Midnight. Yep. And so the, we were t- we were just discussing the the mythology of the show versus the creature of the week, and you hope, I mean, it certainly feels like Papa Midnight could be one of the big bads. Well, Papa Midnight's an interesting character in that way. He's he he kind of. He's on both sides of the line. Is he the good guy? Is he the bad guy? Yeah. Within the comics, it's never totally clear. And I feel like that that might create an interest. I don't know if he's going to be on John's side or not. Right. Because sometimes he is. Sometimes he's super not. Right. And we know from the IMDb pages that he's going to appear in a number of episodes. Yes. So he's that's... He's a very popular character. Yeah. So that's encouraging. And I'm excited to see where that goes. I had a little foolish nerd moment when I was looking at clips for the next episode. Uh-oh. There was something about, you know, Midnight Rising in, it was the name of one of the clips. It was something like that. Uh-huh. And it was spelled Midnight, M-I-D-N-I-T-E. <laughs> and I looked at it and went, wait a minute, are they talking about Dr. Midnight from the JSA? He's oh, wow. Not Because that's how it's spelled. Yes. The, the, the Dr. M-I-D-N-I-T-E. That's And funny. I thought, wait, he's not a supernatural character. He's just a blind guy like Daredevil with an owl. And he's with an owl. He does have an owl. What do you want from me? <laughs> he does. And I was just utterly baffled as to why on earth that They're character some of would them. be bringing into the Constantine universe. That would be great. Universe. I would love to see more. And we'll see. Right. Again, it's two episodes in. I would love to see more of those crazy characters. Absolutely. Get pulled into here. That would be wonderful. That being said, Dr. Midnight may be not as good a fit for the show as, say, Papa Midnight. Yeah, probably not, right. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's jump into episode discussion. Dun, dun, dun. Joe, you got a rating? I give this week's episode, out of a score of 1 to 10 mud-filled cars... I would give it a 6.5 to 7. There were parts of it that I thought were stronger than the than last week's episode. There were parts of it that I thought were weaker. For me, the strongest part of the episode was the interactions between Constantine and Zed. The introduction of Zed is a key part of why this episode exists. That, I mean, I would even argue that it's the main reason the episode Absolutely, exists. Absolutely, I would We totally got to get Zed into the show, and yep. I liked the way they did it. I, sorry, Liv, I just got to say it. I like Zed better than Liv. I do. From just a writing structural standpoint, Zed moves the story forward instead of being swept along by it, which is kind of what Liv was doing. Liv was just kind of in the wake of the story. That's very true. Zed actively moves the story forward and kind of, she's able to deal with Constantine in a way closer to peers than whereas with Liv, I felt like it was kind of, you know, master and apprentice sort of thing. 
This is much closer. You sort of had the feeling, too, with Liv that she was going to be the one that he was trying to rescue every week because she opened the wrong door and now she's in some demon trap. Right. Which is the worst possible example I could have given. Like, what (laughs) what does that even mean? But you know what I'm saying? I absolutely It had that feeling of what kind of crazy antics is Liv going to get up to? That's our Liv. I think they made the right choice based on what we've seen so far. Yep. I agree with you that the heart of this episode was the Zed and John interaction. Because the reason that I also did not rate it super high, I rated it at seven dirty minors, which I... That's just... That does not sound once right, I sir. say it, it's nope. not sound like something I should say out loud. Nope. Yeah, that, that's Best not, case scenario, that is a really strong drink. <laughs> we need a couple dirty miners here. Wow, that sounded no, awful. No, that soon, sounds that, even worse. That is never wow. say that again. Wow. Holy cow! No, this is the last you'll be hearing of Joe and Tony. <laughs> <laughs> right. So let's call it. Um, I gave it seven mud-covered miners. Not sure that's a lot better, but all right. It was a show about a miner, t- mining town. What do you want? We have to say the word miners. It means people who mine for a living. Uh, but that was actually the thing that I sort of was not a fan of was yeah. the mining story. For whatever reason, as soon as it became a mining town, it felt to me like an episode of the A-Team or the Fall Guy where... Hey, here's these bad guys who are taking over and really taking advantage of the miners. Let's get them out of here. And I don't know why, which probably is not quite fair, but that's what it felt like a little bit. For me, my brain went right to Justified. Justified deals with a a big chunk of the mining community in Kentucky. Okay. And also because uh, James LaGrosse, who played the uh, fallen preacher in this week's episode, was also a reoccurring character on Justified. Okay. And I was like, hey... It's, it, it's Constantine meets Justified. Any second now, uh, Boyd or Raylan are going to show up. And <laughs> Look, Justified's a great TV show. Go watch it. It's super good. That would have been a better rating. I'm going to give it seven fallen preachers. There it is. That's better. There it is. Yeah, I like that. Let's go back to the very beginning of the episode, Joe. Yep. Uh, one of the things I liked right at the top, I was so glad we were back at Jasper's. You and me Using both. Using that gorgeous set. You knew they were going to keep it because how could you not? It's too cool. It, it, it's the kind of hideout that you look at and go, boy, I, I, I'd like one of those. I want to hide out there. How do I hide out there? Right? Yeah, and I can't wait to see as silly as it is. You know it's filled with awesome stuff. Oh, right? I can't wait to see some of that stuff come into play a little more. Right? I'm waiting to see artifacts, folks. We've already seen a couple. Dr. Fate Helmet, I'm looking at you. Yeah, lots of neat stuff. Zatanna writing on the wall. I don't right. know what that's going to come to. But I was glad we were there. I also thought it was fun that we saw uh, how John is making money. Yes. Which is nothing <laughs> new to see from a lot of the people who read the comic. But it was great to see that a lot of that hasn't changed. He's using his... Uh, change the world, make... Although we actually didn't see him use... We didn't see him use the magic. It was after the fact. Right. We did, but um, we saw him... What he said he used was his ability to read the future in smoke. Yep. And use that to place bets on horses <laughs> and won a bunch of money. We didn't see him use what in the comics is his main oh. power, which is sort of shifting luck his direction. Right. So we haven't seen him do that yet, but we did see him use his 
skills, his magic abilities to uh, foretell some future and be able to tell which horses were going to win. Well, it's, it's one of the things that I liked about this episode in general, and it was started in that moment, is John Constantine is a con man. He yes. is a con man. Yep. He is more, at best, morally dubious. And I liked seeing more of that in the show this week than it was last week. Right. Yeah, I agree completely. I like the fact that he's not super likable. Nope. I kind think of that's a, jerk. a nice thing. Yep. That's what, we, it's where so much of his charm comes from. Right. I mean, come on. The, Dude is investigating a death, and so he goes to the wake, taking a frozen frozen dinner, dinner. (laughs) flings the box into the yard as he's walking up, and just sets it on the table. Oh, God. Unopened. You got to cut that invented and heat it up a little bit, Jack. And it's going (laughs) to melt. It's going to thaw. Come on, man. This is not your first rodeo with frozen dinners. I really believe that. The thing that gets me is why even bother bringing it? You know, in his mind, he's like, no, this will get me in. They'll they'll feel like I'm part of the crowd (laughs) with my stupid frozen hungry man dinner. And then immediately goes right into the room that says family only. Yes. Yep. There he goes. So also at the beginning of the episode, we see Chas and that's all we see of him. Zip, yeah, gone. that was interesting. And I actually have a question for everybody listening out there who, who uh, yeah. the comic readers of this. I didn't know if uh, the event that Chas is talking about, he's talking about being in trouble because of a train derailment in Pennsylvania. And so he can't go into Pennsylvania because there's still a warrant out for his arrest. Right. Clearly some past adventure with Constantine. Did that happen in the comics? Do you know, Joe? I've not read it, but I'm still very much in the catching up process. I couldn't remember it, but I thought if there's anybody out there who knows, let us know if that was, or if it was just a quickie, fun way for the writers to give us, you know, the idea that they have a backstory that, right. again, this is not their first time up at bat. They've done this kind of thing, and yeah, they've caused a little ruckus here and there. Right. Absolutely fun. So I did, I was a little sad to not see much of Chaz's episode. Me too. I've, I'm already very, very fond of both that character and that actor. Absolutely. But I also, watching the rest of the episode, understood this episode needed to be about introducing the relationship between Zed and John. Absolutely. Had to be. They had to go there. Yep. And so I think the simplest writing way was to say, um, we're not going to have a lot of Chaz this week. And we're not going to have any Manny. Yeah, I have a feeling that that's going to be the case. Me too. I, I, I Although we'll see, maybe as we get closer to the end of the season, because it feels to me like Manny is tied in pretty strongly with the overarching uh, seasonal story. I agree. That whole coming darkness that we keep hearing about. I still think he's a bad guy. I still think it. I know, you, and we'll see. It might be. It'll be interesting to see. But I... I I don't mind not seeing him, although I love Harold Perrineau. Right. And I like that, and I actually do hope we see more of him. I didn't mind not seeing him this second episode. The, the trick with a character like Manny, like an angel, who is al- we've already established is as powerful as he is, is using him too much is sort of a get-out-of-jail-free card. He, when you've got a character who can do that much... It makes it tricky to justify why he's not flying in and saving their well, butts at every given. And but yeah, let me let me throw play devil's advocate at that too because uh, get it? Don't I do get see it. what I did? Because we don't know yet exactly what his abilities are. We don't know what the limitations on him are. That is true. We're not exactly positive why he's there yet. That is also true. Now. 
if I remember right, they sent him down to keep an eye on John. Isn't that what he tells him in the first he's, episode? Yeah, he's watching out for him. So how much ability does he have to swoop in and save the day? Well, and he keeps mentioning he needs, he wants information from John. He wants John to explore what's going on and give the information to Manny so that yes. Manny can use it to help people. That yes. is what he said. I'm not 100% sure I believe him. No, but I'm going to take him at face value because... I'll put it on your gravestone. Tony, took I them at face value. Took them at face... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the idea that he's there, but who knows what sort of heavenly restrictions are on him. Very true. Or non-heavenly demonic dis- restrictions are on him. This is potentially something we're going to have to deal with when the Spectre shows up because by God, I believe the Spectre is showing up. Uh, with, we got Jim Corrigan. See. We know Jim Corrigan has shown up. And for those of you who are remotely familiar with the character of the Spectre in the comics, they don't come much more powerful than the Spectre. There's yeah. pretty much nothing he can't do. That's true. And that makes things a little tricky. Yeah, so it will be interesting, you're yeah. right, to see what happens. But I... Like Manny, I like Harold Perrineau, and it will be fun to see if we get more of him. Absolutely. So what else? Back to the beginning, we also got to see a little bit, we get a little bit of an idea of how the map is going to work. Yes, because that was one of my initial moments of confusion when I was looking at it going, wow, they've got this really cool supernatural map that is covered in bloody dots as to these are places you need to go. <laughs> awesome. There's a lot of bloody dots. Which one are we going to go to first? Well, it turns out there's a little bit of a system. Occasionally, one of the dots will start bleeding. It will it will turn wet. Yeah. And that's the one you go to. Yeah, and I don't hate that. I think that's fine. I think it's fun. It, again, the idea that that doesn't have to happen every week. Right. We'll see what happens. If One of the things I love, and I'm going to tangent a little bit, I like the show Sleepy Hollow a lot. Me too. They do a pretty good job of blending the sort of demon of the week with the, the greater mythology. Greater mythology, absolutely. One of the things in that show that bugs me is that it seems every week Ichabod Crane is able to solve things because he just happened to, in his former <laughs> life 250 years ago, be best friends with Paul Bunyan and Daniel Boone and George Washington and whichever current yep. historical guy. Hey, look, it's naked Ben Franklin. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. I've been there. We hung out all the time. You had an eventful life back then. Yes. And I don't, a lot of that is very fun. It's a fanciful right. show. But it does but, start to beg different. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every day he is meeting season, a new like, person oh, who turns out to be a, Let an American me guess, hero. This guy was your nanny when you were growing up. <laughs> oh, there's a shock. What, what kind of things did he leave in your crib that you remember so well? You know, yep. it, those types of things. So I hope that we don't get quite as much of that. Yeah. But I I like the idea that uh, some episodes might start with dealing with the overall mythology and some episodes might start with Chess going, hey, your map's bleeding again. And off we go. Right. What does that mean? Also, now that we have Zed and her powers. Her psychic visions. It'll be really neat to see how those tie into what our adventure of the week is going to be. Yep. No, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. You know, shortly after we, you know, we introduce, we're back at Jasper's cabin. We're moving on forward. Uh, that's when John goes to Coal Town. Yes. 
which was not one of Tony's favorite parts. And if I'm going to be honest, it was not totally one of mine either. Now, it I will wasn't say bad. The special effects during that were pretty cool. The, ah, the, the, the demon thing and the church, the, the demonic painting on the church thing. As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, that, that will go poorly. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Right. No, but I liked the special effects of the dead miners coming back. The dead miners. Specifically. The flame throwing shower was one of easily one of my favorite parts where oh, you know, yeah. the guys in the shower and then incinerated. Right. Yeah, uh, very interesting. And, you know, definitely as I stepped into the shower this morning, thought to myself, hmm, this keep, could go badly. Keep an eye on the shower. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I like hot showers as much as the next guy, but come on. That's crazy. <laughs> no, I did like... <laughs> I liked that John checked into the honeymoon suite. I, I love fun. that he always checks into the honeymoon suite. It's more, it's more spacious. It's got a nice feel to it's it. It's got a nice, it's all about happiness. <laughs> it's so great. Which, you know, there's a part of me that went, this feels a little too cheery for, for what I want Constantine to be. But he, it makes sense. Like, as he was explaining, I was like, no, I get it. Like, yeah, if I was a, you know, morally ambiguous con man, I would always want the biggest room. I, you know, and also as much darkness and creepiness as a poor guy has to deal with the idea that I just want a room that's well lit, sunny, cheerful ponies and puppies. I I, I have to lay here for a little while and try not to think about the fact that my soul (laughs) is currently damned to hell. And my job is to stop the rest of the world from sliding into hell. Right. Right. So it was funny. I, I sort of liked that little bit. (laughs) <laughs> as did I, as did I, one of my favorite, it's such, it was such a little thing, but I just thought, oh, that was neat. That was cool. When Zed and Constantine first meet and he pokes the eyes out of his own por- picture, holds them up to the sun and he's gone. Yeah. I thought that was a really neat little trick. And you know what? That was one of the moments where we know that uh, invisibility is one of his powers. Yes, we do. And they didn't show him magically invisibilitying nope. himself. That's not a thing. It was sleight of hand. Magically he got her looking, Right. Uh, I'm not here to judge. <laughs> you know, it's, we, we see the flash of light through the picture. It's sleight of hand. He gets her looking in the wrong direction and now he's gone. Right. And did he just duck behind a building or did he use a little magic moment and invisible himself? This Either magic way, moment. it was cool. And I did like also that when they first meet, the very first thing that goes through his mind <laughs> is that she's a con man because that's what he does. Right. And so, of course, this can't just be a chance meeting. She's pulling a con. Yep. I thought that was great. It was absolutely honest to who the character is. So speaking of meeting Zed, I'm excited to see where we go with all of her powers. Yep. Folks who read the comics know a lot of the stuff she can do and a lot of where their relationship goes. Uh, it certainly gets more physical. Oh, yeah. And I will say, you know, I could be wrong. It's happened once. But <laughs> I... Didn't you make that joke last week? I will never stop making that joke. Fair I've been making it. it for years. Fair enough. So there was one thing that kept happening in this episode that... Made me chuckle and roll my eyes a little bit, which was it sort of felt like the directors, the producers were having a bet as to how many so close that they're almost kissing moments they could have between Zed and Constantine. Yeah, there were a lot of them. Yes. A lot of them leaning in, talking very seriously. Look how close our mouths are. Almost kissing. Right. Um, Nope. Not this time. And we'll see how long that goes. Right. It was like every 10 minutes. (laughs) 
<laughs> How close can we get? Listen to my sexy Liverpool accent. <laughs> I did like that he essentially challenged her and said, uh, this life isn't for you. It's, it's, it's dangerous and creepy, and I, these, these are the things I do. And she sort of stood up and said, I'm still here. Right, and? Right. right. So that part's fun. I like that we see her have a little spirit. Well, she's, I mean, she's immediately a much stronger, less scared of the dark character than Liv was. Yes. She's curious about it. She's fascinated by it. And, you know, she knows when to run when she has to. But this is not her first rodeo. She knows that something's going on and she wants to be a part of it. Yeah, very true. And speaking of the dark, that was one thing that a lot of this episode, I think because of the procedural, it felt just a little CSI with John talking about search. That part of it was not my favorite part, as I've said. No. I liked a lot of the darker, more mythologically heavy or or supernaturally occulty heavy stuff from the pilot episode. Yeah. But one of the things that was really dark in this episode that I liked was the fact that it was all really started by a woman whose husband was an abusive husband. Yep. We get the impression he was abusive. We never saw actual abuse. But it is definitely implied. Potential verbal and and at least emotional abuse. You know? Yep. Uh, but also, as the, uh, that story unfolded, we got to see that he wasn't the only bad guy. Yeah. She had gotten pushed to a point where she was doing things that were also morally questionable. Oh, absolutely. Moral of the story, kids, do not piss off gypsies. I mean, that's an old story, but <laughs> still works. Don't piss off gypsies. Well, and it's it's not just that she was going after him, because the thing that got me was if it was a woman getting revenge on her husband. Yes, mm-hmm. that's one story. But she sort of went much further than that. Oh, yeah. I mean, she unleashed something she couldn't really control. Right. There were, what they say, nine guys who died earlier from earlier in the episode. Yep. She was controlling these things. One of my favorite moments in the show, like, it, it, they were willing to ex- express the fact that Constantine doesn't always get it right. Mm-hmm. And one of the moments I loved is when they were down at the river with the fallen preacher. And he's like, you guys haven't figured it out, have you? Have you noticed that every single person who's dying is a boss? And you just see this look on Constantine's face of, nope, had not figured that part out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That My was bad. Nice. It was nice that it, you know, we really had a couple of options as to who it could be. Right. And, and I was really hoping it wasn't the fallen preacher solely for the sake of, oh God, here comes the obvious, beat me over the head. Yes. It was nice that it wasn't that. Yep. I did, the, the part where it got really dark that I liked was... When Constantine turns her own trick back on her. Oh, yeah. And brings forth her dead husband (laughs) to punish her for her deeds. Yep. That was dark and twisted and, and... And true to who Constantine is. Yes. That's the thing I'm always going to be rooting for anytime we see something like that happen in the show is in so many shows, we see our heroes wrestle with the morality of what they need to do. What I love about Constantine is watching him not wrestle with it. Right. He will do what it takes to get it done. And as is shown shortly after that scene, not lose a wink sleep over it. And if innocent people 
are being hurt. You know, we, right. we know those moments. Like I, uh, I talked about it last week. I love that moment where he, you can see that he punishes himself daily over that young girl's soul being in hell because of him. Yep. But here was a woman who, even though she had reason to seek revenge, had gone too far with it. Yep. And he said, nope, we're not going to let this town be terrorized anymore. We're done with that. And so here's a horrible, evil thing to wrap this up for you. Yep. Which I liked that darkness of it. I think this show will be better the more they embrace that. I completely agree. The less it tries to be a cheerful, chipper, CSI, procedural, Matlock checking out the mine. Right. And (laughs) instead goes for the true darkness that this character is and that the story is. Yep. I mean, it was the the moment in last week's episode that gave me such hope is his willingness to sacrifice Liv to get Astra back. Absolutely. The absolute lack of a pause of him thinking about it. Right. The option is presented before him. He's like, well, see you, Liv. Yeah. No, I'm going to make this other thing right. Sorry. Your turn's done. Right. Absolutely. That's that's John. Oh, my gosh. One of the things that happened this week that we haven't talked about that I was really excited about, even though it was a brief thing. (laughs) We got to see the opening credits finally. Oh, yes. And they were great. They were great. I love them. I'm such I'm such a fan of that opening theme song music that that Bear McCready, man, he's he's got a future. He's I'll let him know. (laughs) He's going to be thrilled to hear that. That kid's going to be big. You see, big, huge. Now I really liked it, and the visuals of the opening credits are great too. The the, the yes. fire and the demons and the whole thing—it's great. It's not ter- terribly long. It doesn't need to be. It's just cool as hell. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what else happened in this episode that we liked? It was fun seeing some of John's tattoos. Right. We're going to talk a little bit more about the tattoos in the uh, Myth Adventures part. Oh, are we? I think so. All right. The he. Uh, it was fun in the comics. He's got a bunch that are very specific and, and, and come to play. It'll be interesting to see if they use the same ones or if, if they're going to tie it directly into what he's got right. in the comics and, or if it's going to be more of a, this tattoo would be convenient to have in this episode, which is in truth, probably what they do in the comics as yeah. well. Uh, but I'm looking forward to, learning more about that. He had one going up his side that was very cool. Indeed. If anything, I actually thought there would be more tattoos when we saw him shirtless. I was kind of like, oh, there's like four or five. Yeah. But, you know, it's early in the season. He may get more. Well, and he should have one right on his buttocks. Right on his buttocks, which we'll talk about later. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys, I'm a 10-year-old. For those of you who've never listened to to any of our podcasts before, I have the sense of humor of a (laughs) 10-year-old. Oh, we did. In fact, we got feedback. We did. When we get to feedback. Yep. We'll expound on that a little bit more. Yes, that's right. So, speaking of that, why don't we uh, slide over into Myth Adventures? Any further episode discussion? Uh, He went to bed. We had my favorite line in the show, which is, there are those who pray for you and those who pray on you. Oh, Which I thought was a great line. Mm -hmm. And then he basically said, I'm too tired to argue with you. Do whatever you want. Right. And (laughs) And she stayed. Fell down on the bed and went to sleep. On this big, comfy, honeymoon sweet bed. It was interesting the way the final shot of Zed overlooking at him yep. gave the impression that it could be a little more ominous. Yep. So I don't know exactly what that was implying, but it certainly had that feel to it. I wonder if she's going to get the stripes on her hair. That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> yeah. In the comic, she does have 
cool stri- striped hair. She has stripy hair. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see if that sort of mysterious her watching him sleep thing at the end of this episode leads to something. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Keep I your eye on Zed. Right. All right. Let's slide into the part of the show where um, we pretend like we know things. Now it's time for Myth Adventures, the part of the show where we pretend we know stuff. Uh, 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 Master of the Dark Arts. Uh, uh, um, Master of the Dark Arts. Joe. Yes, sir. Let's talk a little about demons in Welsh mining towns. Let's do it. The demons in question, not even really demons, kind of uh, avenging spirits in this in this week's episode uh, are the... Tony, could you pronounce it for me again? I have tried it a thousand times. I think it's Koblino. Koblino. Welsh is a tricky language. And the Koblino is a Welsh wait, spirit. Wait, wait. No, no, say it again. Nope, I'm going to say it like a Frenchman. Don't, don't be French. Koblino. Le Koblino. Maman. The beaver, she is not so good this year. That's French-Canadian. That's not the same thing. That's different, right. Um, yes, the Koblino is a Welsh spirit, actually, which as soon as, as I was doing my research, I was like, a Welsh spirit, eh? Matt Ryan is Welsh, uh, despite his spot-on Liverpool accent. And I was wondering if maybe that was a little nod to Matt. Could it be? Could um, it be? Interesting. It's interesting. The the Koblino in the episode are kind of a mix of two different creatures in Welsh mythology. The Koblino, which is an underground goblin, basically. They're very similar. They're kind of the yeah, short, squat little monsters, little hideous creatures that are kind of cursed to work and work and work and work and never finish. They never achieve what they're trying to achieve. They never accomplish what they're trying to accomplish. They just have to keep working. Hey, I know that feeling. (laughs) (laughs) And there's another creature that I think this is actually closer to what the Koblino is based on in this week's episode uh, called a knocker. Uh, and knockers are uh, spirits that live in the underground. Do they do this? They sure do, Tony. Nice. They sure do. When there's a trouble a brewing, you will start hearing them knocking because they're trying to warn people. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's a little bit of both. A little uh, Koblino, a little knocker. I just say that to make him do it over and over again. We spare no expense for the special effects on this show. That's folks. right. Um <laughs> So, yeah, it's a little bit of both. They're, that being said, they're fun. They're interesting. I liked the CGI on them. I did, too. Uh, they really got under your skin. Yes. They're mud-covered corpses. Yes, that was pretty cool. And the uh, although I, I was iffy about the watch the ground move, look like tremors right. type of... I, I'm so glad you said that because that was right where my brain went. I'm like, oh my God, they're graboids. They're dealing with graboids. <laughs> oh, more nerd references. I love it. You know you have seen tremors, all of you. Every single person listening to this podcast has seen tremors and you should all acknowledge that it's a great movie. <laughs> so, although I wasn't particularly thrilled with the, the graboid special effect on the ground, no. the rest of the CGI stuff I thought was pretty cool. The other CGI moment that I really liked is, you know, the minute we go into the old abandoned church, step one, old abandoned church, there will be something evil happening other than teenagers getting it on. Right. And the minute I saw the charcoal drawing thing of the kind of woodcut looking demon on the wall, 
for immediately you're like, well, clearly something bad will come from that. Right. That's not a good thing. No. Yeah. And I loved that little vision. That was a moment I loved. And I, I love to see more of that stuff. I like to see John casting spells. I no. liked the way that spell worked. I thought it was cool the way, you know, he got a little blood and some yep. water, whatever it was, holy water. And he something. could only see the creature while the water was pouring on him. Now, here was the question I had is, was that, because I was actually, maybe I'm just slow. No. Was that the same creature that was in the mine? Okay. I was wondering about that myself. I don't think it was. Okay. It didn't look the same anyway. The The creature that he saw in the water vision admittedly was obscured through water, but it looked more like a kind of insubstantial smoke creature. Well, and so for me, somebody help me because I got a little confused in this part. Yeah. Is that where the lady, the the wife did her magic to summon forth the demons and that was one of them or was that related to the other I, I, what's my, the connection between the mine and that my magic eight ball says answer unclear okay because yeah it was super not clear i myself was not sure it was cool it was neat it's a neat fact and again like i said more spell casting uh matt ryan knows how to make it work i just thought it was a neat thing and I want to see more of it. One of the other things I wanted to touch on on Myth Adventures is we were just talking a little bit about Constantine's tattoos. Yes. The the thing Tony and I are referencing when we're talking about the tattoo. He, he's got a tattoo on his butt. Tony, why don't you go ahead and tell them <laughs> I love he it. got the tattoo it's, on it's his so ass. Great. It's so funny. It's There's a storyline in Hellblazer and Swamp Thing. Yes. Uh, where Swamp Thing needs to consummate a relationship with his loved one, whose name I can't remember right now. Abby. Abby, that's it. And <laughs> to do it, he <laughs> has to uh, he has to have a, a intimate relationship with this woman. For those of you who do not know Swamp Thing, he is a giant walking plant monster. Yeah. And so he and Constantine have a relationship and They're buds. he basically sort of boots Constantine out of his body. Now, Constantine, if correct if I'm wrong, says he can do it. He gives him permission. Yeah, I, I think. There was a whole thing. I think he did. I can't remember exactly if it was a, I'm going to do this. And I think it happened, John had agreed to it, then it happened without him having yes, a warning. Yes, I think that's right. So Swamp Thing takes over his body and with Swamp Thing's consciousness in John's body, proceeds to make love with Abby, Swamp Thing's lady, in order to fulfill some type of... I can't even remember the whole story, but it had to do with fulfilling a prophecy or bringing to life some magical thing. I think that's right. And that's why he had to take over Constantine's body. When he did it, though, Constantine's body was in London, and that's not where Swamp Thing needed to be. So he had to get a train, get a plane, go elsewhere. And while he was waiting around for that, he saw a tattoo parlor and decided to have some fun because Constantine had wreaked havoc in his life repeatedly. Many times. And so he decided to uh, have a little fun and went in and got a tattoo of a tree. On his ass. On his butt. And 
now Constantine has that. And so it'll be fun. I don't know that we'll ever see it on the TV show. There have been, you know, rear ends shown on TV before, but who knows if we'll ever see it. This is true. It would be a lot of fun to hear it referenced at some point. I know David Goyer, the producers, writers of the show, are not listening to us, although they should be. <laughs> make make my dream come true and put Swamp Thing on the show. I just want to see Swamp Thing on the show. I understand that it will be difficult. I understand that he is a huge comic book character that is probably too big to guest appearance on any show. But he and John have such an interesting history together. I would love to see Swamp Thing show up on the show. And who knows? They said they've got free reign on the supernatural. That is true. And on the supernatural characters in DC. And Swamp Thing's one of those. This is his swamp. Do not bring your evil here. (laughs) I will give you extra points if you actually got the reference I just made to any one of our listeners. I don't even get the reference. What? I can't tell you now because I'm giving extra points to those who figured out. I'll tell you after the podcast. Oh, all right. Fair enough. I don't know what's going on anymore. (laughs) All right. So I think that covers it for Myth Adventures. I agree. Yay. Why don't we move on to something else super cool like, say, feedback. 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 Tony can go first. I'm still, despite your song, going to play the segue. My name is John Constantine. Here's where you can reach me. Something big's on its way. All right. I'm going to read a feedback that was sent in by Steph. Steph, thank you for sending in some feedback. You rock, Steph. Steph said, I just watched the first two episodes and I am hooked. I love the historical references and the realization that there are people everywhere with these special abilities. The demonology is fascinating, and I'm very much looking forward to where these stories take Constantine and the people he encounters along the way. Yeah, that's a great thing, too, that we haven't even talked about, but the fact that so far we've met Liv, who had special powers, and then went away. We've met Zed, who's got special powers and is going to stick around. We've We've already met Chaz, who clearly has some sort of special power. Right, because he came back from the skewering. Right. We have been introduced to Jasper and his place of magic. So the idea that it's not just Constantine out on this journey, but he's going to run into people. Right. And because of his job, he runs into people who can and do do weird things. Oh, yeah. Believe me, for all the setup they've done up to this point, uh, if they are remotely true to who Papa Midnight is in the comic book, he's got lots of magic ability. Oh, sure. Lots Very of them. dark magic voodoo kind of creepiness mm-hmm. all over the place. So it'll be fun to see. I mean, gosh, in the comics, he's got zombies working for him. I just, I don't feel like they can make zombies work on television. I don't know. I can't think of a single instance (laughs) in which zombies have in any way, shape, or form worked on television. Do you know how dark they're making (laughs) The Walking Dead, though? Uh, That's how I would love to see this show go there. Me too. it's network television, so they can't go that far. And then, but again, I look at Hannibal. I know you don't watch that show. but unbelievably dark. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the feedback from Steph. Thanks, Steph. Keep listening. We'll uh, keep you updated on any other news we find out about the people who he encounters and keep chatting about them. But I'm glad you're listening and glad you're listening to the podcast, too. Thanks. All right. We also have some feedback from Bayou Shaman, which, by the way, fantastic name. Yeah. Great. Wow. You are clearly the person who should be watching the show. And he's what he wrote. He I, I, you know what? I don't know for a fact that he's a he, but I'm going to proceed assuming that that is the case. He wrote, I really enjoyed this first episode. The second was less exciting, but I feel like it is still it still gave us 
the Constantine feel. I like it being more spirits than demons, which tells us this will not just be a weekly demon hunt. I felt like I could have read this story in the comics and it wouldn't have been out of place, which is all I'm asking for. Amen, Bayou Shaman. Amen. That is exactly the feel I want as well. I am still not sure about the Monster of the Week format, but I can concede that some things work better on the small screen than in books, and it isn't easy to build a mythology for new viewers out of the gate. I did enjoy Zed, and one of the interviews I read mentioned that we will be getting to Damnation Army Resurrection Crusade, so that gives me some hope and energy to hold on to. You and me both, Bayou Shaman. Oh man, am I hoping that will come to pass. Because admittedly, I'm still fairly fresh to the books. I'm still plowing my way through as best I can. But from what little I've been able to read about Damnation Army and Resurrection Crusade, holy mm-hmm. cow, is yeah, that cool. Some great stories going. Uh, continuing forward. I've waited so many years for this show to be made and I, that I plan to savor every episode we get. Matt Ryan is fighting himself in Constantine, less of a jerk in this episode, but it had moments with Zed. I like the haircut, a silly little thing, but it felt more John than in the pilot. I, you know what? I'm going to agree with you. Sure. Overall, I give it two, uh, I give episode two a strong three out of five. Not as good as the pilot, but it still had its charm. I enjoyed the first two podcasts, guys. Oh, I am looking forward to more. And I really like your energy and passion. You two bring to the reviews and news. We, we like your passion. We do. Bayou Shaman, you rock. You mentioned before that the, in the news section, something about your previous podcast. So I was curious what podcast you guys did before. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'm sorry. Thank you for lighting the way to lead us through the gates of hell. My God, there is not a better tagline. That's a great tagline. Right? How come we didn't use that for the podcast? We're the worst. But you, Bayou Shaman, are the best. Thanks for the feedback. And yes, Joe and I did for a company that sadly is no longer around called TV Talk. Joe and I did podcasts for last year's one season show, Hostages. Yep. As well as last year's half a season show, Intelligence. It did not do so good. Which we are hoping that our current podcast, that we're not like some sort of like television jinx. That, like, the shows we podcast immediately collapse. Right. Hostages did one season and did not get picked up for a second. Right. Intelligence did not make it through the first season. I think Constantine's got more legs under it than both those shows. I think so and hope so. I, I, I think there's a lot more uh, potential audience for this show. Tony and I have known each other for many, many, many years. Uh, and I think that is why we have so much fun doing this, is we're super good friends in real life. I'll tell you guys later how I really feel about Joe. Single teardrop rolls down Joe's cheek. What? Chair. I didn't say anything. What? I had to extribe it because you can't actually see it in a podcast. <laughs> but a single teardrop rolled down my cheek. All right. So thanks for the feedback, folks. Listen, you can join in on the podcast. We love getting feedback. I specifically want to ask a couple of questions that I would love all of you or any of you to answer for us. What do you think so far of Zed versus Liv? Yeah. We've had one episode of each. What do you think? Weigh in on it. Because I know there are people out there who liked Live. Yeah, both the people who liked Live. We want to hear what you think. <laughs> and what's your take on the first two episodes? What do you want to see more of, less of? Any ideas on what the coming darkness is going to be? Uh, is that the the damnation army, the resurrection? I the don't whole, know. Who knows? What's up with Nergal? Right. I'll tell you what I'd love to hear from you guys. Something I'm I'm really curious about. I'm dying to know who you'd love to see from the comic books show up on the TV show. Oh, that's a great question. I'd, I'd love to hear who you'd love to see. 
So let us know. You can reach us by going to goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback. And at that point, you can either typey type in some feedback or you can also use the SpeakPipe widget there uh, and send in feedback directly from your computer without going anywhere. So it's a lot of fun. Use that. Also, of course, you can call the Golden Spiral Media feedback hotline directly. It's at uh, 304-837-2278. And we would love to hear from you. Also, do us a favor. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, head over, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review We've already gotten a few, and it's awesome. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it, yeah, guys. Thank you very much for those folks who have left those so far. We've really appreciated it. And be honest. If you think it's a five-star, give it a five-star. If you think it's two-star, give us a two-star and let us know why. But also don't be afraid to call us and leave us feedback saying, podcast works like this. I'd love to hear more of this. Let us know what you want, because uh, it's not just for us to sit and talk about the show. It's for us all to build a little community of fans who love talking about Constantine. So let us more let us know what you want more of and less of if you want less of tony that's fine we get it it cuts me when you say stuff like that i'm just saying (laughs) it's not out of the realm of possibility it is (laughs) there are some things that are out of the realm of possibility joe Uh, so thank you so much for being here folks any other wrap-up things joe you know uh more than anything i am just dying to get to the next episode papa midnight papa Midnight, one of the best characters in the comic books. He's going to be in several episodes this season, and next week is his introduction. Oh, man, I can't wait. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Also, I do want to say that you can reach us uh, on Twitter. Right, that thing. At Constantine GSM. It's fun to talk about the episodes, talk about what's coming up. NBC shares lots of little videos and tidbits about the show. Yes, on they Twitter, do. And it's fun to share those with all of the Devil You Know followers. So follow us on Twitter at Constantine GSM. We also have a Facebook group, The Devil You Know, but you have to go to facebook.com slash groups slash The Devil You Know. I'm still not convinced this Facebook thing is going to take off. It just doesn't seem like anyone's using it. Well, let's find out. <laughs> let's, we'll, 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 we'll Maybe see. if someone made a movie about it. If, so, <laughs> if only. <laughs> so facebook.com slash groups slash the devil you know. Join us there. We love posting and chatting and talking with folks and sharing more info about the show. Right? Thanks so much for being with us next week. One more episode, Constantine, Friday, 10 o'clock. Joe and I will podcast uh, on the Sunday following that. So feel free to send in feedback at any time about these last two episodes or the podcast. If you want to get on the show about that specific episode, you have until about 3 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. But then anything that comes in after that will include the following week. Honestly, I do not get up before 3 o'clock on Sunday. Fair enough. Yeah. Thanks so much for being with us, folks. Another great episode. We are really looking forward to seeing where this show goes and looking forward to chatting with more of you. Steph, Bayou Shaman, thank you guys so much for the feedback. Anyone else, we love feedback. Keep keep it coming, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Are you a podcaster who loves creating great content but gets overwhelmed by the audio editing process? Are you a business professional or an entrepreneur that wants to start a podcast but aren't sure where to begin? You need Pro Podcast Solutions. 
Pro Podcast Solutions has a robust suite of services to equip podcasters and help podcasters create better content than ever before. Visit propodcastsolutions.com today and find out how you can get your first episode produced for free. That's propodcastsolutions.com.